millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Yusek versus Joshua. How the fight was won live from Jeddah here in Saudi Arabia. The dust is starting to settle on what was a courageous performance from Anthony Joshua. But in the end, it wasn't quite enough. For the next two hours, we'll bring you highlights, reaction and analysis from a fantastic night of boxing in which the Ukrainian Alexander Usyk retained his heavyweight belts. This is how the fight was won, live from Jeddah. After 12 rounds of boxing, we go to the scorecards. And still the unified heavyweight champion of the world, Alexander Uh, it's really, really hard for me to say I'm proud of myself. I don't feel anything. I'm just, well, I'm upset, really, like deep down in my heart. I need to get better, but that's why I was upset because I'm thinking now I've got to go to another level. Welcome to Jeddah Saudi Arabia. I'm Gareth A. Davis. I'm joined this morning by our commentary, our brilliant commentary team from last night, Andy Clark and Spencer Oliver. We are sitting in a penthouse high above Jeddah this morning. The dust has settled. Gents, we haven't slept a lot. Um, we got back, I think, on the buses in the end. You came back to my hotel. You had to find Ubers home. I think we all crawled into bed about 6 a.m. And here it is a couple of hours later. We're back at work, but it's the work we love. Back on the fight factory floor. Spencer, you're very close to Anthony Joshua, first of all. Dust is beginning to fall, and or I should say the sand is beginning to settle. How are you feeling this morning about Anthony and the fight last night? Do you know what? I've got a lot of mixed emotions right now, actually, about Anthony and the fight. Obviously, because, you know, my heart was with him. We all, we all wanted him to win. You know, we all wanted that undisputed title fight with Tyson Fury, which was going to happen if he did pull off the victory. But he was always going to, he was always an overwhelming underdog going into this one. And that proved, Usyk proved just how good he actually is. I mean, Anthony Joshua was in the fight for me. He was in the fight for up to nine rounds or so, but it just wasn't enough. Usyk showed his class down the back stretch and um, mixed emotions because of what happened, Gareth, and we'll get into this, but mm. what happened afterwards? You know, Joshua's emotions run high. He reacted stupidly. He grabbed the belts. We all saw what happened. He, he threw the belts. He was going in. He was going out. And then the press conference after, for me, was very emotional because I know him. I've known him since he started the sport and I knew that he knew that he made a mistake by doing that. And he broke down in tears um, in that press conference. And I found that very hard. I found it very emotional. Um, 
yeah, it, it was sad and it sort of tarnished what was an unbelievable spectacle here in Jeddah last night. Andy, give me your assessment, similarly to, to Spencer. Go over those things, what it meant to you, what you felt from it, what you, where you think we are now. I thought it was a great night. You know, I thoroughly enjoyed it all the way through. I, my feeling going into it always was that he would struggle to make up the deficit that we saw at, at Spurs back at the end of last September, that Usyk was just that little bit too good for him. But that what I really wanted for him was to put in a performance whereby he could look back on it in, in time to come because they're never proud of defeats, professionals. You never would have been Spencer. No professional athlete I've ever met is proud of a defeat. Sometimes, even when they should be, they just can't do it. It's not, it's not who they are. But I thought the performance he put in is one that he will look back on and he'll realise the, the improvements that he made and how much more difficult he made it for Usyk in the second fight than he did in the first. As for what happened at the end, I think there's a strong argument to be made for the fact that microphones sometimes should be kept away from fighters at the end of fights because he was in a heightened emotional state. Physically, he was absolutely exhausted. Once he got that mic, there was no getting it back. You know, I just wonder sometimes, and I don't know whose job this is exactly, I just wonder sometimes whether team members shouldn't be kind of designated to just look after their guy a little bit more. Well, it's interesting what Fraser Clark said, wasn't it? He commented straight away that someone should have taken a hit for the, for the team and got in and grabbed hold of him and said, listen, put his, their arms around him and just pulled him out of there. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I've, often, I've often thought that, or, or somebody should just have a... If they're still kind of receptive to information, and you've just got to remember they've been fighting for 36 minutes and it takes an awful lot out of you. And just doing post-fight interviews for... A, a run-of-the-mill fight, if there is such a thing in terms of the effort that's been expended. I know myself that you have to keep the questions really short. You have to keep them really simple because it's difficult for, for these guys to process the information and come up with something coherent. And as soon as he got that microphone, it was going to be messy. You knew it was going to be messy. And we're standing there watching it, and it was quite difficult to watch. But I just want to say, I thought Alexander Usyk as he always is, was all class because all he did was he got the Ukrainian flag back from Anthony Joshua and then he stood in the centre of the ring with his, with his hands kind of clasped down in front of him and just let him do it. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating last night, you know, um, being around it all and having the greats of the sport there, Roberto Duran, Evander Holyfield, Patrick Cliver. We had all these guys on the show, of course, that there is such fascination for these heavyweight these, these big, big men, the biggest men that fight, it draws something special, doesn't it? And you could tell the attention last night, the focus. We were all getting texts and messages from home that British fight fans were on the edges of their seats when Anthony Joshua was taking it to Alexander Usyk this time. He had chances all the way through the fight, didn't he? It was such a... It was such a thrilling fight in so many ways, all the way through. You guys were doing amazing. Your, you know, it's immediate thoughts on what is unfolding in front of your eyes. And there was never a moment, was there, during the fight where you thought, Anthony Joshua hasn't got a chance here this time. He had a bit of a lull in the middle rounds, and he seemed to lose his way a little bit. He maybe he maybe lost a little bit of belief, and I wouldn't say he started five to feel, and six. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't say he started to feel sorry for himself, but he looked a little bit frustrated, and you could almost see in his mind he was thinking, "This is this is all getting a bit, a bit, a bit Tottenham Hotspur. This sure. is all getting a bit last September. It's getting away from me." But 
you know, the early rounds, there were some close rounds in those early rounds. In terms of the scoring, if you gave him a couple of those close early rounds, which Spencer did, and I can absolutely see why you did that, then you'd get a 115-113. If you didn't, you could have ended up with a 117-111. Sure. Was, well, I was that there. Was, that was I'm basically how it went. I'm going to get Spencer to comment on this, but I, I, at five, I had him 3-2 up. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, see that. Yeah. I it, can see that. It was it was one of those contests where Joshua was always in the fight. Yes. He was always in the fight, you know. And and that you're right, guys. He he did have that low in those middle rounds where maybe he started questioning himself. Fighters do that. They start lost thinking, a bit of focus. Alexander, when he started, it was not, he lost it was focus. Usyk started getting into a rhythm. So then he started thinking, oh, I'm going to go back over old, old ground here. But what he done was, and this was the thing that I was looking at from the technical point of view, knowing what it's like to be in there. He bit down on his gum he shield did. and he went, I'm going for it. And that's what I respected for it. And I thought, Josh, you're going, mate. And whatever happens here, you're coming out a winner because you've done what you said you was going to do and you changed the script from the first fight. And that's why I was so upset with what happened afterwards because it's tarnished the actual bout. And now everyone's talking about They've got something to criticise him about now, haven't they? They've got that's so, the thing. And, 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 you know, he come out, he come out, he come out on top after that performance because people were going, that's value for money. That's what boxing is. It's entertainment. And you're right in what you say there, Andy. Someone should have took control of that situation. When a boxer's just boxed 12 rounds, the adrenaline's pumping, the emotions mm. all over the place, someone should have took hold of Anthony Joshua and said, no, you're not going out there. They shouldn't. And it, it, he's got too many people around him allowing him to do what he wants to do. In that situation, I would have pulled him and said, whoa, think about what you're doing here because... Once the dust settled, as you said, um, Gareth, once the dust settled, he realised what had happened. He realised that he'd actually messed up big time. And that's why he was so emotional in that press conference when we were there, sitting in that press conference. And I think it was Anton from ITV News. He, he threw him a question and Joshua broke down. But it wasn't just a little tear come down his face. He was. He had his head in his hands for ten minutes, crying. Mm. That's why I felt, Gareth, you was you you was doing the same thing. We were supporting him, and I felt I need to throw him a question. I'm not going to interview him. I'm going to tell him about how proud we are of him and the journey that he's been on to where he's got to and how well he's done because he needed that. He was in a he was in a bad place at that time, but. I blame the team for that because someone should have took control of that situation. I don't think he... It wasn't that he just left the ring and come back. He left the ring, come back, threw the belts, left the ring, come back, done the walk. Who's allowing him to do that? I mean, let's, that's, let's that's just talk insane. about that. The, 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 look, he, he, he used expletives. It was unusual from him. We got to see the raw him, uh, the raw emotion from him. He stole you six moments in some ways. Andy made that point last night very... Very poignantly, I thought. But um, what was the thing about dropping the belts down? What, that was very, very odd. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. That, that was really strange because I was just trying to think this morning when I got up, you know, what was the timeline of events? What actually happened? Because when the bell went at the end, Usyk got down into the middle of the ring on his knees, said a quick prayer, looked up to the heavens. Anthony got down on his knees, leaned in, kissed the canvas. And at this point, they're kind of both on their haunches, eyeball to eyeball. And it was a great moment. It I was, think I said it, at the time, this is what sport is. This is what sport is about. There's empathy there. There's it, respect. There's everything that you would want. And then to go from that to what grabbing a couple of belts, I think it was a Ring Magazine belt and I think the WBA, I think I might have said the WBO at the time, but it was the WBA, and dumping them onto the apron like that. I didn't, 
a switch flicks, but I just don't. I, I don't know what happened. I on, understand on, it. I understand know. it. First title defense against Serge Poblan. I had a really hard twelve round fight. I won the fight com- comfortably. The reason I'm telling you stories to tell you explain what's happened with Joshua there. I won the fight. The doctor got up on the ringside and she said to me, "There was no." I won the fight quite comfortably, and she said to me, "What day is it, Spence?" Now the fight was on a Saturday. She said to me, "What day is it, Spence?" Give me the natural, the normal check over, and I went. I looked at her and I didn't know it in that moment because I'd been through this 12 rounder and I said Tuesday she said to me say that one more time you're coming to the hospital with me so I I had a six in one chance and I got it right I threw it out there and I said Saturday I didn't know what it was but what the reason I'm telling you this story is because he'd just been through a hard 12 rounds fight his head is not operating properly mm. his emotions are all over the place he's got in there he's thrown the belts he's going what, what have I done that for I've got to go back I've got to get a thing that's why someone should have took control of that situation. That's why I was telling you about the European title fight I had because your head is all over the place. You need support at that time. Mm. So I blame the team for that. Mm. Not Anthony Joshua, I blame the team. But the only person that's going to get blamed for it, the only person that's going to get, I'd like to use a different word, but a lot of stick for it, is Anthony Joshua. And that's why I feel sorry for him. This is Yusik versus Joshua, how the fight was won, live from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Yes, we're still here, me, Gareth Davis, Spencer Oliver, and Andy Clark. Well, let's have a look at round one. Let's have a look how Alexander Usyk was able to win the fight then. He didn't have it all his own way from the start. Let's join the action with my esteemed colleagues in round one, Andy Clark and Spencer Oliver on commentary. Anthony Joshua just bobbing and weaving in that red corner away to our right-hand side. A final word from Robert Garcia, a final drink of water for Usyk. Off to our left, a little kiss on the cheek from promoter Alex Krasik, and away we go. Joshua quickly into the centre, as is Usyk. Usyk boxing out of that southpaw stance. Joshua, orthodox of course, solid black shorts, black gloves, white boots. The Union Jack stenciled on the inside of one, the Nigerian flag stenciled on the inside of the other Usyk with the Ukrainian colours on his shorts white gloves always a slightly wild look to him with that gunslinger's moustache that Ocelodet Ukrainian Cossack hairstyle that usually is allowed to roam free that mane of hair sprouting out of the top of his shaven head locked into place economical and efficient much like the man himself Joshua looking for a right hand to the body early on and scores with a decent jab there. He's looking to get onto the front foot here, Joshua, and take Usyk's space and make him work. Usyk just revolving around him in the centre of the ring, just oscillating that lead right hand, seeing if he can find some distance. Joshua, though, in punching range again, looks for that jab, didn't quite land it that time. Nothing particularly solid has been landed by either fighter. Usyk away to the right-hand side of the ring, just moving that upper body, takes those feet, those dancing feet, off to his right again, and looks to score with the jab. Most of these lead hands have been taken on the gloves by both of these two fighters. Usyk has thrown more than Joshua throughout the course of the round so far, you would imagine. Right hand there from Joshua doesn't quite make it through. Again there, 40 seconds remaining, a lead right from Usyk caught on the gloves. Joshua coming back with a jab, but that was a good shot there from Usyk, which managed to snake through the guard. Joshua took it okay and looks to try and move forward. Again, it's been a busy round by both of them. A right to the body there from Usyk, but in the second half of the round, the Ukrainian has done a higher volume of work, and for that reason, is doing enough here 
to take this opener, just beginning to let his hands go with a little bit more freedom towards the end of this opening three minutes. A long left hand there from Usyk gets through the guard and there wasn't too much coming back. Joshua just looking for a right to the body. Yeah, good solid start there from Anthony Joshua. He was holding his ground, walking forward, and he looked to be attacking the body. When he was getting close, he was switching the shots downstairs. Alexander Usyk was probably the one that won the round. He was getting through with a cleaner shot. He landed a couple of good jabs. Joshua was stalking forward, but there was a solid look about him. I like the way he was switching the attacks to the body as well. But Usyk, with a sharper work, just nicks the first round. So, listening back there, gentlemen, Spencer, Andy, are you reliving it? Well, mm. it was there were there were fascinating movements. It was a fascinating early dance, wasn't it, Andy? It, it was. It was, and he needed to make a better start than he made in the first fight. In the first fight, one of the things I remember most was the fact that really, really early, after a handful of seconds, Usyk got his feet nice and close, sent a southpaw left hand straight down the middle, caught Joshua, and that almost set the tone for the entire fight. And mm. he did win that opening round, Usyk, but Joshua, you could see what the plan was. He had that guard nice and high. He was getting the feet close when he could. And you could see that if he stuck to that method, things could be different mm. this time around. And we'll get to more of those rounds of the first half of the fight in, in, in a bit but he grew into it uh, and he definitely did he made Usyk think a lot more he made him work a lot harder he had some success and, and he did drop that first round but it, it, was, an, it was an can, okay start can I say as well yeah. you didn't want him in your own head to be too reckless in that first round he either did you? You, but, you didn't did you but, you were worried that he might be too reckless but the one thing that he did do Joshua which impressed me although he lost the round which like we said was but he was imposing himself on Alexander Usyk. What we what we talked about all week, guys, and what we said was for Anthony Joshua to win this fight, he had to use his size. He had to make Alexander Usyk work as opposed to Usyk making his opponents work because Usyk was the one that was making Joshua work in the last fight, and yeah. that's why Joshua gassed out this time. So I was looking at that from the technical side going... He's making Usyk work here. Yes. He's making him work hard. And although he lost and the round, the space. He, was in, the space. he was imposing himself yeah. and he looked solid and there was a solid look about him. And I thought, he's in this fight. And I thought, if he makes Usyk work the way that he's working, this guy surely can't go like that for 12 rounds. But he proved us wrong, Usyk, and he proved what a great champion was because the engine on him was incredible. We're going to come to But it was a great yeah, start. But, but it, it was great, a great start. Great start. And, and, and it felt like a different fight already, didn't it? It did. It did. Well, look, look, Absolutely, it did. Andy, c come, bring it. Uh, that, uh, you just made the, the, the perfect point about it, really, was that the start was always going to be fundamental to how we felt the rest of it went, and he had to make a good start. It was such a fine line that he had to tread, and we talked about it all week. He had to try and impose himself. He had to try and be confident. He had to try and be a lot more alpha, if you like, than he was in the first fight, but at the same time, he couldn't be reckless. He couldn't go, be gung-ho. Mm. He couldn't give anything away. What we were asking him for, basically, was that, right, okay, to beat this guy... You've got to box the perfect fight. And, I and thought, that's what it comes down to. And I thought, even though he lost the first round, it was a perfect first it round. Was, because it was. I was like, he's got the tactics right. Robert Garcia, he put, he'd obviously put in the right team with Garcia and Angel Fernandez, and they got the tactics right. And I thought, he's got a shot here. Yeah, and, you he, know? and, and he slipped a punch at one point. And he, it might not have been the first round, but certainly the first round, yeah. you saw him slip a punch. Yeah. When Yusuf went with a big left hand. And I think. 
the, 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 it was, you know, the phony war that we talk about at the beginning of a fight when there's a lot of fainting going on and there's, there's that physical dance, that chess dance, chess moves dance, where they're really working each other out. And it didn't look like they were in the 13th round no. of the fight where the, where the smaller man had dominated the last time. It looks like that they, they both respected that they were both going to bring something different to the table. Usyk actually didn't. He brought the same to the table and it was about Joshua working it out. And as the fight unfolds, we'll see. So Anthony Joshua had made a good start to the fight. So let's back, get back to the action with these two guys in round three. He's got a good solid look to him here, Joshua. The feet just moving inch by inch, keeping that base nice and solid to punch off. Yeah, he's working well here, Joshua, keeping the hands nice and high. He's not making any mistakes. He's shuffling the feet in range. And actually, Usyk is the one that's looking slightly uncomfortable. Joshua landing the heavy-looking shots. Usyk just moving around, but he can't work out. Anthony Joshua at the moment, who's got a real solid look about him. Boxing brain of Alexander Usyk is having to work quite rapidly here to try and figure out a response to this and come up with something different to what he had to come up with in the first fight. Good left hand there again from Joshua, who aims a big uppercut and falls short with it, but he's looking confident. Yeah, Joshua's punching with Alexander Usyk. He's getting his shots off when he has to. As soon as Usyk goes, Joshua is responding straight away. Like we said, he needs to bite on his gumshoe. When he takes the shot, respond. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's in control here in the third round. Usyk looking uncomfortable. Good jab there again from Joshua. 20 seconds remaining in the round. Usyk just dips to his left-hand side, looks to find that southpaw left hand. Couldn't. Joshua cuffs him with a right. It was mainly caught on the forearm, but again, finding the target, feeling something on the end of your fist. He didn't feel that all that much in that first fight, but he's feeling it so far tonight. A little nod of the head there from Joshua as he strolls back to the corner, takes a long, hard look around ringside and takes his seat on that red stool. Again, the advice coming from Robert Garcia and Angel Fernandez on the other side of the ring. Yuri Chichenko getting down to one knee there to have a word with his man. And this is fascinating. We're three rounds into what could be a 12-round fight here. We didn't expect him to weigh what he weighed Usyk. Maybe we're not going to get the fight that we thought we would see. It's intriguing. Tactics are perfect from Anthony Joshua. He's punching when he has to punch. As soon as Usyk's getting up from his shots, Joshua is matching him. He's going with him and he's actually beating Alexander Usyk to the punch. And he's actually outthinking the best boxer in the world at the moment. The team in the corner, Robert Garcia, Angel Fernandez, they've come up with a plan and Joshua is executing it. So we've got Anthony Joshua, as you say, kind of outboxing Usyk in that round. We know we've got a great fight now. We know he's found the game plan. Both corners are animated. Mm. We really have got a great fight on our hands at this point. Absolutely. You know, I think that we, we saw that it was all about whether Anthony Joshua could adapt and uh, adapt his style like he did in the first Ruiz fight where he switched and, he, and he, he won the fight on the back foot. This time it was on the flip, but he had to go on the front foot. We didn't know whether Joshua could do that. We didn't know if he was capable of doing that. And I think by the end of the third round, it was evident, actually, he could and he was making a real contest of it. At that stage, I thought, he's really in the fight here. I'm not sure how this one's going to go. I didn't think we was going to reach the 12th round, but I thought Joshua's got this right. He's got a real shot right at this stage. 
It was a good round for him, that third round. We were, we were speaking a little bit earlier on about how with the scoring, some of those rounds in the first half of the fight, if you, if you went his way, then you got a closer score. If you didn't, then you had a wider score. That was his round, the third round. Yes. I remember yeah. just listening back to the commentary there. I, I can picture it now, the kind of strut he had on him a little bit, the confident look he had on him. He was standing tall as he went back to the mm. corner. That little nod and then the kind of gaze around ringside. He knew that he'd done a good job in that third round. And, and Usyk was... You could see that that immense boxing brain of his, it was, it was whirring, it was going into overdrive because he was thinking, OK, this is different. This isn't what we got last September. This is different. And he'd be very confident, of course, that he can process that information and come up with the answer. But you could see that. And you could see it when he sat down on his, in his stool in the corner. And when you're ringside and you get the whole overall picture, these are the things that you see that you don't necessarily see when you're watching on television. He was struggling to process that, you know, that what Anthony Joshua was bringing to the table and that's what was making it so interesting. Because like you say, Usyk, who's normally got people working in fifth gear when he's in his second gear, it was reversed. Usyk was the one that was actually being made to work really hard, but he looked like he was struggling to process what Anthony Joshua was doing. And that was the difference there. That was what was impressing me about Joshua. Joshua's closing the gap, and when he does, he's tactically got it right. He's switching the shots to the body, but he needs to keep applying the pressure. He can't afford to hold his ground, Joshua. Keep edging forward. Keep making Usyk work. Yes, this is Usyk versus Joshua. How the fight was won live from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, with me, Gareth Davis, Spencer Oliver, and Andy Clark. Well, we're into round four now. It'd been a good start to the fight for Joshua. Let's see if he could continue it into the fourth. And Joshua's made a good positive start. Usyk has got so many answers. You can find an answer to almost every problem. Good left hand into the body there for Alexander Usyk. And it's not like he's in trouble here, but this is a different kind of a fight to the one he was in the first time around. On that occasion, he skipped in with his nice quick feet and after about 15 seconds, pinned Joshua down the middle with a left hand and that really set the tone. Well, there hasn't been any of that, not yet anyway. Usyk just dabbing forward with his front foot, shaping with the lead right hook, but caught a right hand there from Joshua as he was looking to try and open out himself. He's keeping the punches short and snappy, Joshua, getting those gloves back up into place, into that traditional on-guard position when he needs to. Left hand there from Usyk, who is working hard here to find the angles, to find the gaps. Andy, that's exactly it. Usyk is working hard. Joshua in the last fight, Usyk was making him work hard. Now the reverse, the roles are reversed. Joshua tactically seems to have it right. He's holding the centre of the ring. He's getting up first with his shots, and Usyk is the man that's looking uncomfortable in there as Joshua unloads a right hand to the body again, followed by a right hand to the head. Good work again from Joshua. Usyk, again, just rolling those shoulders left to right, right to left, packing with the lead, right hand there, Usyk, trying to see if he can find a gap just to finagle that left hand through. That time he manages a straight left hand, and then a hook, and then another straight left hand. 40 seconds remaining in round four. Ferries up, goes up to the head, down to the body. Joshua comes back with a the right there, trading leather in the final 30 seconds or so of round four. Very tight round this one, not much in it at all. Just ditching in with the left hand there again. Usyk who seems to rediscover a, a little bit more rhythm. Joshua looking for a big ripping uppercut. Doesn't quite manage to land it. 
right hand into the body from Joshua. Captain Wright just cannons off the top of the head there of Usyk, and this is just gripping stuff to watch. It really is absolutely mesmerising as we're watching these two just do this kind of blessing dance around each other at times. Good straight left hand there from Usyk right at the end of the round. Yeah, Joshua comes straight back at him. Interesting round. You said it a moment, a two ago, Spence. He's punching with Usyk. This is what he did not do in the first fight. And he's having success. He's got to believe that this pace, that he, he could go at this pace for the rest of the fight. If he could go at this pace for the rest of the fight, he might even beat him on points. This is brilliant from Anthony Joshua. Gareth, how are you seeing it? Oh, it's amazing. Joshua's responses and his counters to Usyk's Cossack jack-in-the-box tricks is brilliant. He's not being bamboozled this time. You can see the self-belief. He's taken Usyk's biggest punches so far, and Usyk's uncomfortable when Joshua closes him down and backs him up. It's a tremendous fight. We start, we're starting to sound quite thrilled by the fight now can, because can, he's countering and he's... he's He's, I definitely know I was excited at that point. He's starting to find his way into the fight now. and We're, we're believing in him, aren't we? Yeah. He? It was a close round, that one. It was a close round. He, he had a real good round in the third, and I think the third was definitely his. Uh, the fourth, uh, as I said towards the end there, there was very, very little in it. And you really could have gone either way with that one, I felt. And But the optimism at that stage was justified. It was justified because he got that foothold that, that he needed to get. He hadn't let Usyk establish that rhythm and then just ramp things up bit by bit by bit, which is what he likes to do. You've seen that through throughout the, the whole of his career. And yes, at this stage, with eight rounds to go. We believe. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely, we do believe. You know what, I'm sort of reliving it here, just sitting there listening to the commentary and, and you know... Um, yeah, it just takes you back, doesn't it? And it was like, at this stage, I'm, I'm, look, I might be being a bit biased because, you know, I was always thinking with my heart and not my head through the week and even on the, on the night of the fight. But I was there and I'm thinking, boy, he's going to do this. He's actually going to outbox the best boxer on the planet. He's beating him in his own game. He wasn't beating him at being too physical. It was educated pressure. He was mm. doing exactly what he had to do. And at this stage, four rounds down... I had Joshua in front. I thought, yeah, this game plan is perfect. He's executing it. I spoke to him in a week and I said, we, you know, you know what you've got to do? And he said, yeah. But we all, all of us, none of us knew whether he would be able to do it, but he was doing it. I had him 3-1 at this point as well. Yeah. I mean, I may have been wrong and people may disagree, but I think Adam, I think Adam Catterall as well, who's obviously gone home now, was saying, oh my God, can he win this on points? Yeah. Which we'd all rule, not all necessarily all ruled out, but you didn't think he'd be able to win it on points. I think we pretty much had all ruled it yeah, out. Yeah, we had. I mean, we had, yeah. No one was really picking a points win for, for Anthony Joshua after the way the first fight went. Basically, you looked at it and you thought, if this goes 12 rounds, he can't win, based mm, on mm. what we'd seen in, in North London back at the end of September. And yeah, it was, you know, that, that was a real close round, that round four. I can understand how you would have 3-1 Joshua at that point. I can understand how you would have 2-2. I can understand how you would have it 3-1 the other way. And, and people don't like it. People <laughs> don't like to hear that. Open there and they don't like <laughs> yeah. to hear it because they, they, they feel like, oh, well, it needs to be more clear-cut than that. Surely we can come up with a system that, that nails things down more more definitely than that. But but we can't, I'm can't, afraid. No, it's, let's it's, not it's, get into how it's, it's called subject, <laughs> subjective it is, it scoring. Is. But I think the majority...
majority, I think it's fair to say, Andy, like because you was being a total neutral and you, you, you were seeing it both ways. But I think the majority of people at that point had Anthony Joshua 3-1 up. I think that was the general feeling around ringside and, you know, that we were thinking... I think we was more impressed with actually the performance that he was putting in, the way that he was boxing, and you could see that the team had obviously come up with a game plan, and he was executing that, but he was showing us little bits different. There was a solid look about him. You know, he was throwing the jab. He wasn't just rushing in. He was sort of edging his feet into range, and it was Usyk at this stage still. They were still trying to work it out, but this is where Usyk just started to turn it around a little bit. You could see that he was just getting a foothold in the contest. Yeah, it's funny, and then you go into round five where he hits Usyk with a low blow, but maybe Usyk wins that round anyway. Mm. But it was, but he, the intent was kind. I know I said that I wanted Anthony Joshua to be dirty in the fight, yeah. and, but I, I was kind of grinning a little bit that he'd gone. Low. I did, and do you know what? I, I was smiling at that point as well because I know that you'd called that and you said he's got a run. And, and I think I didn't you, mean head butt. No, what you meant was just rough him up. Yeah, a little bit. I know up. what you meant. But when that low shot went in, do you know what? I, do you know what confidence I took from that? <laughs> Not the fact that he just gave him an illegal blow. It was the reaction of Usyk. I thought, yeah, he did he's like cracking. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, he's yeah, cracking. Yeah, yeah. Josh was getting to him because he started to complain, and I thought, wow, this may really be the turning point. But in fact, Andy, it was kind of the turning point for Usyk. And yes, I'm going to go back to you, it was. you guys' commentary now. Usyk starts to find a bit of rhythm himself in the next round. Um, let's rejoin round six with you two. Usyk just backing up a little bit there, trying to draw Joshua in. He goes for the right-left combination. The left landed on the gloves, then trying to find the left to the body. I think the corner telling him between rounds and he just needs to get his foot back on the gas and up that tempo a bit. Nice bodywork there from Usyk and then comes up with the left hand straight down the middle. He can't get into this kind of hypnotic rhythm, Alexander Usyk, if you allow that to happen. Generally, he ramps up the pressure, turns up the heat bit by bit by bit. Leading off with the right hand there, Usyk. A minute gone in round six, not too far away from the midway point of this fight. Joshua with a single right hand there, Usyk coming back with the combination and just a little bit of a worrying sign here for Joshua Spence that Usyk could be finding a rhythm. Yeah, he's just starting to find a rhythm because Anthony Joshua is just ever so slightly taking his foot off the gas. He's holding the centre of the ring here, Joshua, stalking forward with his hands high, but Usyk with still a lot of energy, a lot of spring in his legs. He's shooting off with the shots first. Joshua tries to come back full short, but the Ukrainian starting to find a rhythm now here in the sixth round. Joshua steps in, finds Usyk a couple of times to the body, got his feet right where he needed them there, in nice and close to find that purchase. Usyk though just rolls away to his right hand side, back in his armour today's body shots did cause him some problems at times, it's really the only noticeable chink that he's ever had in that formidable Ukrainian armour, 40 seconds remaining in the sixth, just throwing out a kind of unorthodox left-hand lead there, Usyk, and then trying to land the right hook, which is cannons into the glove of Anthony Joshua, who again just steps in, looking to try and pen Usyk back into the neutral corner. He wasn't able to do it, and Usyk again is, is doing the better work in this sixth round, goes down to the body, and Joshua is just... I wouldn't say allowing him himself to be put back into his shell. That might be a little bit unfair when you're up against the likes of Alexander Rusik, but that is what we're seeing really as we get towards 
the end of this round. Usyk just pecking with that lead hand, Adam, and he is beginning to establish a bit of a rhythm here. Well, all week we've been speaking about how we think that this fight was going to play out. This has been absolutely brilliant through six rounds. I've personally got Usyk up forward to. It might be different with other people, but that's where I've currently got it. This was the point of the fight that we all said throughout the course of the week that was going to be the turning point. The pace of this fight has been absolutely unbelievable. Anthony Joshua, quite evidently, is now starting to tire and slow down. He's just now got to bite down, he's got to believe, and he's got to keep going into the fire. He's been absolutely brilliant so far. The technician in front of him is picking him off. He is having success, but he's not made a dent in him. Anthony Joshua's felt the best shots. He's been able to keep going into the fire and get his work on. He's got to believe that he can get something done. So some people have got it 4-2 yeah. at this point. Others have got it 3-3. Three, three. I had it 4-2 um, yeah, the other way at four this point. Yeah. The other way. In Joshua's favour. Um, Usyk's swinging the fight back to him now, isn't he? Well, do you know what? It was, guys, I mean... Correct me if I'm wrong here, but it was like we had scripted the fight and both fighters had read it. It was like one of those. It was one of those rare occasions where we actually got it right, where we said at this point, this is where Usyk would start coming into his own, start finding a rhythm. And that was the sense that you got after that sixth round. You went, I can see it. I can start seeing the change. That was the point when we were talking about, just before we started doing this, um, the commentary of the fight when we were talking about actually, you know, Joshua started feeling a little bit yeah. sorry for himself. You could see that the, he just took half a step back. He just took the foot off the gas just a little bit and that allowed Usyk to get into that rhythm. You just have to be at your absolute maximum output mentally and physically at all times against him because he adapts and adjusts so, so quickly to what you're doing. If If, if what you're doing is causing him any kind of problem any kind of discomfort then he will adapt to it and he will find an answer any drop in your levels and he is all over you he'll exploit it and, and that and that's what he did that's what he started to do now people talking in this build-up about him retiring I don't you know when you lose a split decision to the pound for pound number one why why would you even contemplate it's about passion it's about if you still want it and look you see how much he wanted it by his post-fight interview but, you know, he's going to take some time. I'd like to see him back out. Maybe even in late December, you know. Who do you, who do you think? Who do you feel? Fights for him. Dillian White, uh, Deontay Wilder. You know, so many guys in the top. top. Uh, there's even some Brits coming through, maybe in a couple of fights as well. The voice of Edward of Arabia, as we now call him, Eddie Hearn, talking to me after the fight. We'll get into Eddie's comments in a bit. You're listening to Yusik versus Joshua, how the fight was won live from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. We're high up looking out from the penthouse that we've been living in for the last week over this sand-ridden city. We're dusty. The dust is settling. But Spencer Oliver and Andy Clark are going over their brilliant commentary from last night. We're halfway through the fight. Gents, we're going to listen to round seven now. It was the time for Joshua to be brave, to get back into the action and prove perhaps that he could stop Alexander Usyk. 30 seconds into round seven and now is the time, as Adam was saying, where he really needs to be bold. He really needs to trust in the training, trust in the method, trust in the plan. And if he has to roll the dice, and risk it all here, now is the time. Yeah, guys, I think that's exactly what he's doing here. He's 
pushing forwards. You're right, Adam, what you said. The last round, Joshua just started looking like he was tiring, but he looks like he's taking the gamble here. He's pushing forward. Usyk definitely into a rhythm now. He's moving from side to side, landing shots from the body to the head. Joshua starting to mark up around the eye, right eye, but I think he's pushing forward and length just seemed to kick out there from Joshua as well. I'm not quite sure what that was, but the big man's definitely starting to feel the pace here. It's a little bit of a slip from Joshua, I think. Some moisture on that canvas again. They were working furiously hard in between fights to try and get it dry after the perspiration that drenched it from Filip Hervovic and Zhang Gillet. Just past the midway point of the round, Joshua looks for the right hand but gets countered by the left of Alexander Usyk and this is tough for Joshua now, it's really, really hard because he's not having all that much success and the, the belief levels may be starting to dip but he's just got to try and keep the faith, as I say, get some success, try and put some wind in his sails. Usyk just spinning off to his left-hand side, pivoting around that front foot as he does so well. Joshua steps in with the right hand but Usyk steals onto the inside and lets his hands go to the body. Yeah, Joshua needs to take the pace away from Alexander Usyk. He's allowed him to get the rhythm. He's holding the centre of the ring, Joshua. Usyk moving from left to right, but he's the one that's teeing off with the shots first. Joshua stalking forward, but not doing enough work. Usyk at the moment starting to take over, starting to control things. Joshua needs to let the hands go first. Less than 30 seconds remaining in the seventh. Usyk with that nice wide base, he moves those feet so well but he's not bouncing up and down all over the place, they're minimal movements, they're fractional movements calculated down to the very last degree, left hand there again just through the guard, wasn't a particularly hard punch but it was a registered scoring punch and Joshua there is in punching range but he just doesn't let his hands go at the end of the round it's easy for me to say it sat here at ringside he's getting close enough at times he has got to gamble and let those hands go Andy listen he knows what he's got to do he's closing the range he's getting there he's doing the head movement but he's not blowing the shots he has to let the shots go he has to let the shots go he's, he's getting up close but he's just not doing enough work He's slowed up with the combinations. He knows what he's got to do. He's, he knows the game plan. Let the shots go. So this is where we are sitting there, and you are both urging him to, to go for it. We'd all said, all of us, I think, that you'd particularly said, Spencer, that Joshua needs to think of this as a six-round fight. Yeah. And, and we had, I think we were all mentally thinking, 7-8, this is the time for him to go into action. You sick is now fluid and has momentum. That's round seven, but I want to throw you guys forward to round eight. Joshua turns the fight around then, doesn't he? Yeah. By going to the body more. He's remembered the game plan, Andy. He starts to go to the body more in round eight. Yeah, that was when he had some good success, when he got really tight to him, backed him up to the ropes a few times, stood square really, dug those toes in, leaned in a little bit, and then just shoveled those punches yeah. up to the body from around about the waist a little bit lower at times. And you could see that he was getting good purchase on them and they were they were having an effect in, in round seven there he's, he's trying to stay with Usyk he's trying to grab onto his, his coattails and just just hang on for the ride and see if he can get something done because he just demands your best in every single round Usyk yeah. all of the time did you think Spence that the, the 
Joshua was bringing it back in round eight as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that that was that was a point where we saw in the sixth and seventh that Joshua was slowing up with his feet a little bit. And if you do that with Alexander Usyk, he makes you pay for it. You know, mm. not not with the heavy punches, but with the accumulation of punches, he gets the movement going. He's got a tremendous engine, and I think in round eight, Joshua decided to switch it up. You know, we were talking about this all week, weren't we? We I'd spoke to Joshua about it and. He knew that he had to attack the body, and we hadn't really seen it up until round eight. And when he'd done that, we saw a vulnerability. We saw mm. a we saw a weakness of Alexander Usyk. He didn't like it. He was being forced back on the ropes. And you're right in what you say, Andy. You you you, you painted that picture perfect, where Joshua was sort of like standing square, slightly leaning over his front feet, and shoveling those punches into the body. And Usyk was looking uncomfortable. And there you thought again, right, Josh. That's the blueprint. You know what it is. He'd seen the videos. He'd seen the three videos of every fight that Usyk had lost and he'd been on the floor. Or not every fight he'd lost. Every time he'd been floored. And they were all with body shots. Joshua was definitely attacking the body more. And he was getting success. Well, here we go into round nine where he actually picks up that momentum. Usyk's ahead in rounds at the time. But this was Joshua's best moment. Here we are. Round nine. Action. Joshua really trying to force it here. You can see that he wants to win this fight and win it badly. He's pushing forward. He's switching the attacks to the body. Usyk moving round. Still boxing very well with Usyk. Keeping the hands nice and tight. Slipping and sliding from either side. And just flicking out that jab. Landing the left crosses. But Joshua is going with him tactically. He's got it right. This is becoming a grueling contest. I've got Usyk with his nose in front at the moment. But Joshua comes back with a good combination again. Nice right, followed by a left there from Joshua. He dug his toes into the canvas and just found the angle round the back of the guard and catches Usyk on the inside with a right hand again there. And Joshua looking to try and set about the Ukrainian who isn't looking quite as solid as he normally does. Right hand there from Joshua and Usyk is looking to hold on a little bit here. The referee gets in and separates him. That is the best passage of the fight so far for Anthony Joshua. Into the final minute of round number nine. Joshua going to the body, looking to work the uppercut. Usyk is on the retreat. He's wearing these shots. He's leaning in. He's looking to grab hold of Anthony Joshua. On the ropes over on the far side. The referee gets in again and breaks these two up. But Joshua needs to try and take advantage here because he's having some real success. One, two from Joshua. A right hand was maybe a little bit low. Usyk looking to get on his bike and find some clear open canvas and maybe just try and steady the ship a touch into the final 20 seconds. Joshua with a left hand followed by another right. He closes in on Usyk within punching distance. Doesn't let his hands go that time. But this has been a big round for Anthony Joshua. Final 10 seconds. He lands another lead left hand. And Usyk just trying to grab hold and run down the clock towards the end of the round. And that is exactly what Anthony Joshua needed. Yeah, massive round there from Anthony Joshua. He felt he hurt Usyk. He landed a good body shot. And then he kept on with the onslaught. Usyk for the first time in his professional career looked in big trouble. Joshua sensed that. He piled forward. He was landing shots to the body, to the head. Usyk looked uncomfortable. He was getting pinned on the ropes. That was a dominant round from Anthony Joshua. He put in a lot of effort there. He needs to really suck it up now in that corner. He's taking a lot of confidence away from Usyk. 
who I'm looking at. They're rubbing the ice patches over his eyes. They're pouring water in his mouth. He's spitting that out. For the first time in Usyk's professional career, he's looking very uncomfortable. What a round from Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua, when he watches that round back, I'm convinced of this, will have a few more tears. But once those tears dry, he'll go, do you know what? I saw something in myself there, and I'm going to do more of that. It was an amazing round from him, wasn't it? It was. It was an amazing round from Joshua. He really dug deep. He sort of rolled the dice in that round, and it was sort of like, right, make or break. I'm, I'm, I'm falling slightly behind here, and I need to do something. I need to change it. I've said I'm going to do it, and I'm going to have to do it. And that's exactly what he'd done. He went for it, and he went for it big time. I mean... Did we sound excited there? Or no, what, uh, you, you know, know what? I, I, had image, I had loads of t um, messages coming in at that point. Yeah. The nation at home were off their sofas, <laughs> yes, in, yeah. their, in the bars or wherever they were, going, come on, come on, finish him, weren't they? But they were, they were, and, and, and he absolutely had to produce that at that point because my fear was going into the second half of the fight when Usyk had started to, to build that rhythm and get into that rhythm and, and neutralise the, the threat and, and his boxing immune system just comes up with a with a way of dealing with any kind of virus you, you, you throw at him, I just thought this can't peter out now and go to a, a wide and comfortable win as it did in the first fight because it looked like that was possible. He can't allow that to happen and he didn't allow it to happen. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a massive round for him there and Usyk had to do everything he, he could there to cover up, to block, to parry, but still plenty got through clean. Yeah, he had to show what him. a great champion he was there, Alexander Usyk, because Joshua had a big round, a big onslaught. Yeah. And you thought, well, this could be the turning of the tide again. And what happened in the 10th round showed why Usyk is Alexander Usyk. Well, we're going to get to the last three rounds of, of the fight uh, in the next section. Um, that, just a final thing on this. Um, will Anthony Joshua, both of you, take so much from that round when he looks back on it yeah listen I think that it's a difficult one to say because I think that mentally Joshua thought I've given everything here we're going into round 10 it's a very close fight Anthony Joshua has just dominated Alexander Usyk people are off their seats he's almost stopped him in the ninth round three rounds to go here's what happened in round 10 the voices of our men very busy in this round, Usyk, the punch output is high, working those hands, tippy-tapping every now and again, then throws the uppercut up the middle, and Joshua is taking these and still coming forward, but the combination there from Usyk just sends the sweat spraying off the head, he's not looked hurt at any point, Joshua, which is encouraging in a sense, but he's just getting caught too much too often in this round. Yeah, Joshua fighting down on his gum shield there, took a big combination of flurry of punches, and he's called Usyk in. He said, come on, let's go. Good work here, Joshua fighting down, he's gone to the... Usyk putting the combinations together, looking for the openings, slipping and sliding from side to side, just misses from the uppercut. Joshua comes back with a right hand. Good round here from Alexander Usyk, but Joshua, in his teeth. 20 seconds remaining in a round. Nice combination there from Usyk. Big right hand from Usyk. But again, Joshua, who's having his features disturbed here significantly. Another combination there. Just send his jaw just wobbling around. He's showing a decent chin. A solid set of whiskers on him, Anthony Joshua, which we knew he would have to. But that was a big round for Usyk. My, my, my. What a retort from Alexander Usyk because he got the shellacking 
of his professional career the round previous. Sensational response from him. But the key thing for me, Gareth, and I don't know about you, Anthony Joshua is biting down on the gum shield, he's believing in the chin, and he's continuing to walk in the fire and give himself a chance. Yeah, he's swaying with the punches. He never looked really out in that round, even though Yusik came back very fast and had to. I've got it five rounds apiece at the moment. But Joshua has got the appetite for this battle. He needs to come out now and take the seesawing contest his way. It's a brilliant, brilliant fight. It's any man's fight. Yes, there's... Well, it's fascinating. I had it five for pieces. So I'm chatting Sorry, yeah, no. over the commentary while you, with you two here while I'm listening to you two um, from last night's brilliant, brilliant effort that you guys put in last night. Um, it was a close fight at that point. You was far you away. You, look, you, no, I'm, I'm saying you wasn't Don't start, away. don't no, start, because I'm, I'm not, not in the mood I, this I'm morning. I don't want to do yeah. round five with you today. Yeah, exactly. It's been going on all week, our, our repartee. No, but, no, but you, you wasn't far away, Gareth, in the scoring of that one. It was like it, it, it could have been 6-4. It, it was very close, but like there was not a lot in it. For me, the fight was still there to be won and lost, but I've got to highlight the turnaround there at that point because it was such a dominant round for Anthony Joshua and the way that Alexander Usyk turned that around in the 10th round, Andy, then you had a sense of this is slipping away from Joshua. This is now going to become hard because Usyk started to let the hands flow. It's like he found a second wind and Joshua at this stage was fighting in fifth gear. Can I put this to you, Andy? What is it about Usyk? It's the same question almost <clears throat> as for Spencer, but I'm going to phrase it a different way. What is it about Usyk that when he's in the trenches, he's able to come out the next round? Is it instruction from the corner? Is it, is it something deep inside him that he seems to be able... He's, he did it in the World Boxing Super Series as well, remember? Yep. When he was at Cruiserweight. Whenever he's hurt or under pressure, the next round, he comes back rejuvenated. Is that the special quality of him? It is. Number one, he's got extraordinary levels of fitness. That, that, that's one thing you have to say about him because the ability to recover in that minute in between rounds at the end of the ninth before he went out for the start of the tenth, that is, that is supersonic stuff. He identifies key moments in fights in a way that not that many people do, particularly deep in a fight like that, to have the, the wherewithal to be alert enough uh, and physically fresh enough to provide a response like he did. That's what a truly outstanding fighter does. Absolutely. Um, and Joshua put a hell of a lot into that ninth round, and, and he would have felt that himself. He didn't punch himself out, but Usyk got off his stool and I think we said right at the start of the round that he started quick because he knew that he needed to stop that momentum in its tracks. And he went on to win round 10, 11, 12. And it would, it, he, he would have known at that point that this, is, this may well be going to the cards here. This may well be close. Maybe in his head he thinks he's winning. Maybe he doesn't even think about the cards and he just takes it round by round. But it reminded me a bit of Terence Crawford against Sean Porter where you get to the, the, the final knockings of that one. Crawford says to his corner... You know, I'm, I'm ahead, aren't I? And the corners say, no, no, it's close. You could be behind. Mm. And he said, right, OK, time to take care of business. And he went out and stopped him. But that's and what... Usyk didn't get the stoppage. But th this is what, it's that level we're talking about there. Usyk Crawford, fighters able to just identify, right, this is what I need to do now. And they're then able to do it. Superstars, that's what they do. You know, that's what that's what makes them what they are. You know, Alexander Usyk, after every time he had a torrid round, he turned it around. You know, he gritted, he gritted his teeth and, 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 yeah, found something from within. You know, that's not, you can't, you can't, 
teach someone that, they're born with it. You know, them fighters, and that's what makes them special. You know, because if you think about it, every fighter trains exactly the same. They have the same training camps. They run the same amount of running. They do the same amount of sparring. So how can one guy find an extra little level to the other guy? You know, both guys are trained equally as hard, but Usyk's got that star quality about him that he can just go to a place that the normal human being can't take himself. He goes deep within. I was speaking to Evander Holyfield within in the week, and I asked him how he would overcome that, how he overcome the Riddick Bowe first defeat, and he told me that, and then I saw that with Usyk in this contest. He said... Uh, Holyfield said, you've got to go soul-searching, find yourself, and that's what we saw from Usyk in that 10th round. Well, look, he, he, he's brilliant in that round. Then he, again, he's the bag of tricks in the 11th. Moving, scoring, volume. He knows the brilliant breadth of amateur experience he's got now. He's going into his reserves now. They're both clearly exhausted at this point the fitness levels all those kind of things in round 11 i think he wins again we all accept mm. going into round 12 that Usyk is ahead and anthony joshua either needs a knockdown or two knockdowns a 10-8 or a 10-7 or a stoppage to win this fight in some people's books he would have needed a stoppage in mine he needed a 10-8 he needed he needed he needed a knockout to win um, at this stage because like Andy said he, Andy highlighted it earlier on that there was a couple of rounds that were close. Usyk on my card going into that twelfth round was two rounds up. I'm I'm reading those close rounds and I'm scoring him to Joshua because of my relationship with him because that's what you sort of do. You lean to, if you go tight you think yeah I think he's got that one because it's that's the way. So and I, so I had him two up and I thought. He needs the knockout here. Yeah. I don't think a, I don't think a knockdown is going to be enough because I knew that I'm going. A couple of them rounds could have gone the other way. I knew it was like that, and I thought he's going to go for it here. He's going to give it the big effort. But Alexander, I've, I've got to say, guys, like the last three rounds, where did he find the engine? Incredible. Let's listen to round twelve. Let's listen to the final three minutes of this brilliant fight. Three minutes to go, Spencer. Here we go, 12th and final round, and I've got to tell you, I've got Anthony Joshua two rounds behind for me. He needs to roll the dice. He needs to go for it, set the pace, take the fight to Usyk, and try and take him out. So into the final three minutes we go. Joshua, again, just trying to stalk forward, trying to move that head, ditches a, a right-hand lead, goes onto the shoulder, Usyk just shrugs him off those shoulders of Usyk they're always rolling they're always moving Joshua trying to manhandle him throws a left to the body slight slip there from Usyk who's got his wife's name Katarina blazing on the back of his shorts they were childhood sweethearts right hand there from Joshua and then Usyk with his own right Joshua's looking desperately troubled and tired here. Their legs are starting to stiffen up. To his credit, you've got to give him credit. He's still walking forward. He's still forcing the pace. And Usyk lands a big combination. Fantastic combination there from Usyk. He's still so sharp, so deep in the fight, so accurate. Despite the high octane way with which he goes about things, his economy is impressive. But Joshua with a good combination. Left followed by a right hand. Landed another right, and they were good. Clean punches there from the British man, heading up to the midway point 
of round 12, Joshua just falling forward, barrels Usyk back into the ropes, it was a lot of balance, the referee just giving them a little bit of time to recover, Luis Pabon hasn't had an awful lot to do to be perfectly honest, he's done what you would always want a referee to do, which is stay out of the way and let the fighters get on with it. Right hand again there from Joshua, didn't quite make the target. Usyk swinging a little bit wildly for him with a lead right and that slightly ragged look to Usyk now at the end of this 12th round, at the end of this contest, Joshua getting on top of him, getting him in a headlock, looking to try and drag him down and he needs to summon up one huge last effort here, Joshua, because Usyk is feeling this pace now. Yeah, Joshua equally is feeling the pace as well. He's trying to push forward, he's trying to attack the body. Both guys desperately tired, 45 seconds to go, and they're trading. It's blow for blow, centre of the ring. Joshua trying to force it, Usyk coming back with shots. What a round of boxing here. 30 seconds remaining. It's the 24th round that these two have shared within the space of the last year. It was comprehensive for Usyk in London at the end of last September. And if he does go on to win this one and get it on the cards, well, it's been a different kind of fight. He has been taken through the ringer here by Joshua at times, who's looking to try and manhandle him over on the far side there. And Usyk with his back to us just jinx away to his left as the bell goes. At the end of the fight, Joshua pops out his cheeks. Neither fighter raises their gloves into the air. Neither one of them, Usyk, sinks to his knees in the middle of the canvas, says a prayer to his Lord above, crosses himself. Joshua gets down on his knees in the middle of the canvas too. And they're almost forehead to forehead as Joshua too kisses that canvas that they have just gone to war on. And they embrace in the centre of these four corners of truth. And that is a wonderful thing to see. After 12 rounds of boxing, we go to the scorecards. Glenn Feldman scores it 115-113 for AJ Anthony Joshua. Steve Gray scores it 115-113 for Alexander Usyk. And Victor Feschenko scores it 116-112 for the winner by split decision and still the unified heavyweight champion of the world from Ukraine, Alexander Your comment, Andy, in, there, in, in that last round, that, that neither man celebrating at the end of it, putting their arms in the air. One round different there from, say, like a Steve Gray could have made that made that a split draw it would have been it would have been but I personally don't see how you could have given Joshua six rounds I think five was the maximum mm. you could have given him so but I this is how boxing you, works though you, that's you, what's so strange isn't it do you know what I want to say about that guys and we've seen a lot of stuff that's coming up on social media etc etc look neither guy neither guy celebrated there because they both knew it was a close fight and we know how the scoring can go these days. You never quite know, but they both knew it was close. Some of the nonsense I'm reading about people saying, you know, Joshua won, only won a round or he only won two rounds. Give the guy credit. You can mate. go it as was, far as 9-3 as give, well, I think, if you want to. Man, I wouldn't go that far. Nowhere near that far. I think. No, Joshua, I don't agree, but some Joshua people have. Joshua won more than that, but what I'm saying is it was a good, entertaining Close, close fight. fight. I completely agree. We know what we're watching. The right we man won. We've only watched way. a few the right thousand man won. fights. Yeah, no, but the, it was the close. right man. Absolutely spot on. 
I have never seen Anthony Joshua like that. I know that some people will have their thoughts on it. That's the Anthony Joshua I want to see. The real Anthony Joshua. The, re the Anthony Joshua that everybody else gets to see behind closed doors. That's the real guy. He lost tonight, but he lost by having a real good go. You're listening to, I nearly call it Fight Night again because I am so used to doing that. It's fight morning, all right, Spencer Oliver, don't have a go at me. We're here in Jeddah in the desert. How the fight was won, we're going back over the fight um, that happened last night. The most amazing contest between Alexander Usyk and Anthony Joshua, who retained his three world title belts uh, by split points decision uh, against uh, Anthony Joshua. After the fight, you may have seen that Anthony Joshua took the belts from Alexander Usyk and threw them out of the ring, two of them at least. Here's how... Our colleague Adam Catterall described and reacted to that moment last night. Alexander Usyk is now stood in Anthony Joshua's corner on the stool, raising the belts above his head. The belts that he has won, but Anthony Joshua for some reason had the belts in his hand and he threw those belts outside of the ring. That was a little bit of an odd ending there. Obviously Anthony Joshua maybe didn't agree with the decision. Okay. But he threw the belts outside of the ring just in front of us here in our commentary position. And AJ now has headed off straight back to his dressing room. Yep. We've, now got, we've now got some pictures on the monitor. We've now got pictures on the monitor. Anthony Joshua's walking back to the ring. So for a brief moment there, they took the pictures off the monitor. Joshua was on his way back to the dressing room. He is now heading back to the ring. I don't know whether he's getting back in the ring to apologise or address the crowd, but he's getting back into the ring. He's on the canvas now, entering the ring on the far side whilst Alexander Usyk is up on the canvas. And he's come back to the ring to shake the hand of Alexander Usyk. That's what we want to see. Yes, of course. Be upset with the result. They're now having a, they're now having a conversation in the centre of the ring, Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk. It's so extraordinary that Anthony Joshua, as we've discussed in the last hour and a half, produced so much to be so proud of and gained the respect of all of us. And if no one respects him after that, then they don't understand this sport mm. at all, the ins or the outs of it. And yet there's this moment now where he... It's, it's going to be etched in time. It's going to be all over the broadsheets and the tabloids tomorrow, and people are going to discuss it on social media. This moment of petulance, if mm. you like, there was a mixture of emotion and and, and disappointment. Mm. Is he going to live to regret that moment, Andy? I think he probably will, but I don't think, or at least I hope that he doesn't get too embarrassed or ashamed about it because it was as we we're saying at the start of the program you just boxed 12 rounds you've come up short again you've given it everything you could possibly give it you've been obsessing about this for months and months and months you're under enormous pressure and it's hugely disappointing it did ruin or or clumsily stumble over what should have been Alexander Usyk's moment that that did happen and that was that was unfortunate I think he will I think he will regret that but he didn't do it deliberately now that no. might sound like it doesn't make much well, sense well I said because, a faux par on a podcast yeah, it, it you, might, you agreed with yeah, that that's yeah, probably it, the nuance it, it might it, sound yeah. like that doesn't make too much sense because people could say well of course he did it deliberately he decided to come back into the ring but he wasn't thinking straight you know he's exhausted he's he's emotional and 
I'm not a doctor, but physiologically and, and neurologically at that point, he's in a place where Spencer aside and pro fighters aside, none of us have really ever been. Yeah. And that's not making an excuse. That's just a fact. Mm. You know, he wasn't deliberate. He just, he was, he didn't really know what was happening. Let me posit, that it's so true. Let me posit this to you, Spencer, because you're going to answer it from a fighter's perspective. And you've been, I mean, we spent an hour talking about this on the bus on the way back last night from the arena. Um, that, that, that aside, apart from the, the fighters bit, the trouble is it's given people something to have a go at him. And, and, and there's an element of Joshua just expressing, I just want to remind you who the A-side is here as well, within that as well, potentially. Sure. Do you know what? That's what really upsets me about this, Gareth. I think that he put in a performance, probably a career-best performance. It wasn't enough. Okay, that's fine. But he said what he was going to do, and he delivered it. And it's all about entertainment. And for me, he entertained the crowd. From what we see in 2019 out here in Saudi to what we see this time, the crowd absolutely loved it, and everyone loved it. And he tarnished it, and it, and like, it, and it really stressed me out because I agree with you, Andy, that sometimes you're not thinking straight. Someone should have grabbed hold of him, took care of that situation, situation or, or not allowed him to put himself into that position and they didn't do that you know and he went and done what he'd done and we saw that he obviously regretted that because of the way that he reacted in the press conference where he broke down and he cried he realized that he'd done wrong and it was frustration everything else all building up and it just come out it was a real real for me it was sort of like it was one of those it sort of took away from my, my experience as well because I really felt for him at that moment. As a pal. As, as a pal. Yeah, because yeah. I've got to say, like, I hate, I'm looking at all the comments this morning and all these, dare I say it, all these idiots that are writing stuff that just because they're sitting there and writing stuff, they don't know what this kid's going through. They don't know how lonely this sport is and everything else you've got to do. And he, he reacted and he'd done something stupid. All these idiots that are writing this stuff, don't tell me you've not done anything that, like course, that in that, your life before. Absolutely. Give the kid a break. He's entertaining us. He's a two-time world heavyweight champion. He's an Olympic gold medalist. And he's still taking, can't say the word, beep. Like, And it's not fair because... I just like I just felt for him emotionally. Like I felt for him. I've even spoke to him. I've spoke to him this morning, and he said, "I'll give it my all, boys, and that's all I could do." And you just go, "I feel for the guy. I feel for him." You and I had a long chat with him afterwards, didn't we? Went straight up to the day. Yeah. Well, look, we've discussed it. We need to hear it again. I d I'm sure there's been a lot of work getting the bleeps rid of it uh, out of it uh, overnight. As Adam explained in that clip, AJ stormed out of the ring made his way toward his, or towards his dressing room before then returning to the ring, grabbing the mic and launching into this extraordinary rant that we're talking about. Let's hear how it sounded with us last night on TalkSport. I was going to jail, I see some hype people you used to be in jail. I got bail and I started training my ass off. Because if I got sentenced, I wanted to be able to fight. I bust my case. My cousin Benga, where's he at? G14, raise your hand. I'm stealing this music, sorry. But it's because... Guys, I'm telling you, this guy to be me tonight, maybe I could have done better. But it shows the levels of hard work he must have put in. So please give him a round of applause as our heavyweight champion of the world. Woo! I'm not a 12 round fighter. 
Look at me. I'm a new breed of heavyweights. All them heavyweights, Mike Tyson, Sonny Liston, Jack Dempsey. Oh, yeah, you don't throw combinations like Rocky Marciano. Because I am 14 stone, that's why. I'm 18 stone, I'm heavy. It's hard work. This guy here is a phenomenal talent. We're going to cheer for him three times. Well, how many belts you got now, bro? Five. Hip, hip. Hip, hip. Hip, hip. Hip, hip. Hip, hip. And as I said, I was studying Ukraine and all the champions that have come from your amazing country, but I've never been there. But at the same time, what's happening there is, I don't know what's happening, but it's not nice at the end of the day. I've seen it with Lomachenko in his second fight against Orlando. There was unrest in Ukraine, right or wrong. There was issues in Ukraine in your second fight. There was civil war. Vitaly Klitschko, when he faced Danny Williams, civil unrest. Usyk as a champion, please raise your hand. Under them circumstances, he managed to become champion. Champ, champ! Champ, champ! Champ, champ! And I just want to say, Bismillah. While we were listening to that, Spencer, you just said weird. Andy, you, you went, God, look at it. It's all over the place. Mm. Discuss, Andy. Well, what I mean by that is, it, it just, that, that shows you the state of exhaustion and mental disarray that he's in after 12 rounds of boxing, after the punches, punches he's taken from Alexander Usyk. He flits from subject to subject. A lot of that is very well-intentioned and well-meaning. Respect and was co- there, and complimentary towards Alexander Usyk. But you just listen to the tone of voice there. He goes from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. He doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah, he's yeah. not thinking straight. And that's my, that was my point. And that was why I was sad to see him being allowed to put himself in that situation. And that's why I just said, while we was reliving that, guys, I'm sitting there going, I want to crawl under the sofa that we're sitting on right now with him doing that. It made me sad because he shouldn't have been allowed to put himself in that situation. And looking at Usyk's face while that was going on, I got the impression that there was that, that there was some real kind of compassion there for Joshua. He just kept a completely straight face. He didn't grimace. He didn't react to anything he said. He just, he just let him do it. But I honestly think if... If he'd been close enough, Alexander himself might have just kind of sidled over and just said, just give, just give yeah. that to me, mate. Well, it was his moment, wasn't it? And that yeah. was what I think that people were going, yeah. well, Josh, you've chose the wrong moment to do this, mate. But again... But I think know, Usyk was feeling Joshua's pain at that point. He, he was thinking, absolutely. oh, this is going wrong for you here. And I don't want this for you either. But the emotions well, I'm just flying this, around, man. I'll just exactly. let this ride out. I'll just well, let well, you do it. I realize, you know, me being uh, being a champ is if you're not tired, the other person ain't tired either. Yeah. So you you have to put some pressure on the person. You have to uh, you have to put yourself in a position to be first with the punching. Uh, because you know, each each and every time it, it get difficult. It don't ever get easy. The voice of the legendary four-time heavyweight champion of the world, Evander Holyfield. Uh, you're listening to How the Fight Was Won, Alexander Usyk versus Anthony Joshua, myself, Gareth Davis, and a brilliant commentary team, Andy Clark and Spencer Oliver, here, still in our penthouse overlooking Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. Um, gents, um, after uh, the drama in the ring, the belts being dropped, the rants, the petulant rant as it's been called by Anthony Joshua in many quarters that we've dissected in the last section, um, we bestrode to the big tent outside in the dark. It was still incredibly hot. There was a lot of emotion and it was Anthony Joshua and Spencer Oliver 
very close to him for many, many years, for 15, 20 years, caught up with the man. We were speaking about today with my mate is that, um, you know when you've had a lot of amateur fights, when you've had like 100, 200 amateur fights, yeah. you, someone could say to you, like your coach could say, oh, okay, against this guy, Southpaw, you've got to do this. Sure. And you can make the changes necessary. Then you go to a different amateur club. Then you go around the world. But he said that the problem with you is that you was you was like amateur for three years. Yeah. So you didn't have that heap of experience. I had 36 amateur fights. Yeah. Then when I went pro, I was under the microscope. So he's like, you've done a lot of your learning. You're learning on the job. Under the microscope. So he's You're like, still so this is the first time I've you, changed you trainers. So you've just like, improved. I, I need to get better. But that's why I was upset because I'm thinking, now I've got to go to a, another level. Well, uh, I, I stood behind you, Spence, as you chatted to to Anthony Joshua, and he was it was a very open moment there. Mm. He he he'd, he'd already shed tears at the press conference. Yeah. In fact, he hadn't. He'd covered up his face as well because he felt embarrassed about it. But the the, the media. The whole media tent was very moved yeah. by that. And, and you know, I asked him a couple of questions about respect levels. Yeah. You got up and you you spoke to him. You didn't really ask him a question. You told him, yeah. and it was a beautiful moment. And and there was a round of applause after it. You know, and yeah. um, you don't you can't get up and tell him unless you spent all that time with him. And when you stood there with him talking to him, he was saying, "Look, I'm still learning. Yeah. This is all still progress for me." He was still. He was very vulnerable at that stage. Yeah. He was very emotional. He broke down. He put his, you know, he, he put his cards on the table in that press conference. You asked him a couple of brilliant questions. Um, Anton from ITV News asked him a couple of questions, and a few other reporters. I think Jeff asked him a few questions, and I thought. He doesn't need a question right now. He needs a little bit of love. He needs to be told how well actually he done. Because it was like he just felt that that whole thing after the fight sort of tarnished everything. So I thought I I needed to take a stance there. I needed to get up and tell him what I felt I, I thought of him, what I thought of the performance, how he showed a lion's heart. More importantly, what the boys of Finchley ABC thought of him, because I was seeing what they was writing on, on, on all our WhatsApp groups. And I'm saying, mate, we are with you. You boxed out of your skin, Josh. Probably one of your best performances. Forget the result, mate. You proved that you still belong at the top. And there's many more fights out there for you. There's Dillian White, Deontay Wilder, Joe Joyce, Joe Parker. Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, <laughs> Philip Hergovic. No, what I'm saying is them fights are still there. Yeah. He's still a young man competing at the top. Let's get on. It was just an emotional moment because I could see him looking at me and his eyes were full of tears. And he just... It was like that moment where I was just like, it's like I was looking at a babe, baby that needed nurturing. Fighters can sense? be so cool. He's such a big, that, powerful listen, man, but that's, 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 I, that's what come out That's what we talk about when, when you are close up to these people in the sport. You do get to know them. They always say mm. never get too close to a fighter. I um, mean, you do have to kind of keep your professionalism. It's different for you mm. as it is different for Andy and I um, because you're in the gym with him day in, day out, and you've, you've seen him grow up as a young man. But is there a feeling um, that... Because um, that press conference will go everywhere. Mm. When someone has an outpouring of emotion, will it make up for what happened in the ring, Andy? I, and and do you th and do you think this is a moment where the public will actually show that they have got love for him? I hope so, because as Spence said, it's different for him because he's his friend, and and our roles are slightly different too. As a, as a newspaper journalist and, and a writer of of, of of interviews and features, 
you need to form relationships and get a little bit close. I, I, I can keep my distance and yeah. need to in the role that I'm in, but I just really hope that people, and this is a kind of thing across society at the minute, is just rediscover the ability to show some empathy. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and empathy is about putting yourself in somebody else's position or trying to. It's not always possible. And understanding why it is that they behave or have behaved in the way that they do. Like it doesn't you, you mean know, that you agree. It doesn't even mean that you sympathise. Empathy and sympathy, not yeah. the same thing. It, you know, but it just... We need more of that because people don't make the effort to do it. They just judge very harshly, very quickly. There are too many merchants around at the minute along the, I'm harsh but I'm fair, I say yeah, what I course. like and I like what I say. And, and that's not for me because the, the world is just not, it's not like that. It's not that simple. It's funny, you know, um, boxing is an inherently dangerous sport. It's incredibly brutal at times. It has a dark underbelly. Um, one of the hardest things I've found is when you have watched someone's journey and they're broken in their dressing room afterwards. Going in there is not an easy thing. When you feel that empathy for someone, and we do all feel it, by the way, and that's why we have these respect levels for sure. these great people who make our lives so fascinating. I just, it's so hard to go in the dressing room it, around them in that moment, isn't it? It is. Look, I just hope that people for, can forgive him for that moment of madness after those 12 hard rounds mm. and he recognised he was wrong as why he broke down in that press conference. And something else I'm going to pick up on there which was something else that touched me with it, is that when he was getting fired all these questions, he was looking for someone that he was close to doing it. So when he was looking around, he kept looking at me, and he had these tears in his eyes, but he was looking for some sort of support. Hence why I felt I needed to get up and give him that little speech, because I was like, this kid is just feeling really victimised at the moment because of that silly mistake he, he made, and he just needed some sort of comfort. Forget he's the world heavyweight champion, 18 stone of muscle, Everybody's got emotions, and Joshua's got them as well. He's and a I young think, man uh, still. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I could see his little eyes flickering about, full of tears, and I just thought, someone needs to help this guy right now, because it's all right, Eddie Hearn sitting next to him going, when he's got his head, hand in his head and going, oh, Josh, I'll give you five minutes while you get yourself together. And yeah, I'll and I about, want you out four and, times yeah, next yeah, year. Yeah, I know, and I'm going, <laughs> come on, mate, get, like, don't worry about... This kid, I would have called the press conference. I would have went, look, guys, we're going to have to call it. And he's very emotional. There was no need for it. Like, he, it was like he was in this really uncomfortable moment. And that's why I felt like I, I think the media to, enjoyed to him, him afterwards, Andy. Yeah, just, just one thing on the kind of the idea of, of forgiveness for it, if you like, for the, for the outburst. There, there was only one man who who really needs to forgive him for that. Uh, and that's that's Alexander Usyk because it was it was it was his moment that he kind of trampled over. And I bet you that Usyk has already forgiven him for it because he's a fellow fighter and and he was standing there like I said in the ring and he just allowed Anthony to say what he said and and do what he did and I think at that moment he'd have been feeling for him. Absolutely. He'd have been feeling for him. He'd have been thinking to himself, you're going to get a bit of a backlash from this, yeah. you know, and it's not going to go great for you. And But, you know, it's it's okay with me but because Andy, I get it. Yeah, and do you know what? Do you know what them fighters go through? There can be as much hatred as you want before, but they're building that hate up so they can get on and do the fight. But at the end of it, it's a moment that only you two have shared. It's the ultimate gladiatorial sport, and it's a moment only you two have shared, and you... Only you two will ever know what you've gone through. The instant respect you get for each other is incredible. So Usyk, I understand. I understood him standing there and letting Joshua have his moment because of 
the, the respect they've built up over the last 24 rounds that they went through together. They went to hell and back them two in those rounds. They both dug deep, soul-searched. I mean, it was an incredible moment. It was, and it was an incredible night. The champs that I come up short. Listen, and it you was, didn't come up short. And it no, was to get that undisputed yeah. fight. How yeah. sick would that have been? Yeah, but that will still, still come. Fight him, though. Yeah. Still that fight will still come because you're still, still well in the mix. Yeah. And there's massive fights out there for you. Every time you go into a, every time you go into a return of, of, of a defeat or whatever, you adapt. You've got you that see. adaptability. Yeah. And you're still learning. Yeah. People don't realise that. You're listening to How the Fight Was Won, Alexander Usyk versus Anthony Joshua, myself, Gareth A. Davis, Andy Clark and Spencer Oliver picking up the dust as it settles this morning and trying to find some golden crumbs for Anthony Joshua after his split decision loss to Alexander Usyk last night. That You heard Spencer and I just crowding in on Anthony Joshua and the dais after he'd had emotion, after Eddie Hearn had talked about his future. Um, gents, let's let's talk in this last section this morning about Anthony Joshua's future. Um, in the immediacy of this, he won't know yet. Eddie won't know yet. He'll have his plans. Uh, I'll come to you first, Spence. What do you think Joshua should do next? Oh, I think he should go straight back to the gym and, and just work on, you know, work on trying to regain those titles, trying to become a three-time world heavyweight champion. There's still so much fight left in Anthony Joshua. He's still a top tier fighter. There's still some massive fights out there. The names that I've mentioned, Deontay Wilder, even the younger guys coming through, Joe Parker, you know, Philip, Philip Hergovich, they're all massive fights and they're all fights that Joshua could play a big part in. Forget retirement. Don't even think no, about it's retirement. it's not even an issue. It's not even yeah, an issue. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't even be mentioned. Do you know what? If he retired, British boxing would lose out massively. We would miss out on these amazing events. The people that are watching at home that sit there, you know, criticising and, and, and everything else will miss those big fights. Don't tell me they don't like those fights. Don't tell me you, you weren't on the edge of your seat watching that fight. That was incredible. Don't put the kid down. Give him a break. I want Anthony Joshua back in the gym and I want to see him try and get back his, his titles. Um, great stuff, Spencer. You're starting so, to wake up now. I can well, tell. And then, and we, we were having a very gentle uh, morning sorry, after sorry. chat about the uh, you know about the uh, fight. You're waking up. I'm, I'm, I'm not having a row with you. No, today. no. I want to um, give you a cuddle today. I'd love to give you a cuddle back, but let's wait till eleven o'clock. Um, um, and Andy, um, Spencer put it perfectly there. But what? Obviously, he knows Anthony back in the gym. All those things. Who do you think he should fight next? I think he'll want to get back in towards a world title shot as quick as he can and, and therefore the fight that would jump out to me well there are two really aren't there because Wilder's top of the rankings with the WBC he's got to fight Robert Hellenius so he would want the winner of that would be a possibility it's for a Joshua big fight if it's wild. it is it's a, a big fight. fight it is it's a big fight a big it's fight. huge it's but then you've fight. got Joe Joyce um, up against Joseph Parker whoever wins that will be mandatory with the WBO which is, which is Joyce uh, currently or number one in their rankings so those are the kinds of fights that you want if you're him because it gets you back in that mix immediately. He's He's been right up at the top for a really long time and the reality is is that ever since he beat Charles Martin in I think his 16th fight, um, you get pushed up through that bottleneck mm. and you cannot come back down You're learning it. on the job. There's no university degree in yeah, it. So you can't, <laughs> what, what you can't do is is take some kind of easy 
confidence building knockover job, which in years gone by, decades gone by, fighters they all did it. Able Marciano, to do, Rocky yeah. Marciano, they'd have non-title Joe Lewis, they all did. Bob of the month, it was yeah, called. Yeah, exactly. Wasn't it? But you can't, you just can't do that now. That's mm. that's the rarefied mm. kind of air that he's been breathing for for a long time. So if he's going to keep going, it's got to be in big fights. But I do think he can definitely still keep improving because you look at the difference in performance. In that first fight and the second fight against Usyk, who has been consistently brilliant throughout those 24 rounds. And, you know, the deficit was cut last Absolutely. night. Absolutely. Yeah. Before we go to the comments from Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, uh, last night, of course he wasn't taking any interest and he's retired, but we know, he, of course he's taking interest and he's not retired. Sure. Very quick one, Spence, before we go to that. Would Dillian White be a mistake now? Because if Anthony Joshua did lose that fight, would his stock drop so much that he's going to fall away from this pack? I don't think that it would be a mistake. The reason being because he's a fight now that, that it would be a mistake if he had if he had a little bit of bling around his waist because it's a, it's a high-risk fight for Anthony yeah. Joshua. But it's a fight now that he may be forced into taking mm. because he wants we to want stay to, busy. You want to stay busy. But why but couldn't you, you take an easy fight but, that we talk about? And I say easy. We, we, none of them are easy. You, but. you, you can't. It, Anthony Joshua's last 13 fights have been world title fights. Yeah, he's never going to fight a Sefer Safiri. You, You're you, right. You, know, you, said, you, know, like you said there, he, did, even yeah. after losing, Anthony Joshua's the A-side. He is. Right? He's and still he, the A-side. he still remains the A-side. So... The Commercially. A, the A-side yeah. can't box anybody lower than a top-ranked heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. He's in the twilight of yeah. his career. Yeah. There's five he needs fights the big left. names. There's yeah. five fights left, and you can give him five big names. Brilliant stuff. Um, well, Tyson Fury, of course, I said, it reacted immediately. Here's what he had to say. I'll be honest with you guys. After watching that, the both of them were It was one of the worst heavyweight title fights I have ever seen. It was Annihilate both of them on the same night. Get that book out, because the Gypsy King is here to stay forever! Well, um, he's announced it. He uh, wants the checkbook out. He's, he was he said nothing for the fight at one point in the build-up to Usyk and Joshua too. He said half a billion to get him back. He's clearly stated his intent. Um, it's Usyk next then. It's Alexander Usyk. It has to be, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely it has to be. None of us ever believed that he was retired and none of us believe that he will run from a challenge like a fight for Undisputed against Alexander Usyk. There's just no he's way... He's a fighting man, isn't he's, he? He's he is. There's just no he way is. that he'll do that. Imagine imagine trying to live with that. The if question you're theory, marks you're, that he ducked him or all of that kind yeah, of stuff. This yeah. is when you're a self-styled fighting man yeah. who will fight mm. anyone, anywhere, any place, anytime, any anything... If you then just don't take that fight, he'll he'll be ridiculed well, for it. And how, there's just no way that'll happen. How great would this be? Tyson Fury has two fights left in him, and he fights Alexander Usyk for the undisputed. He claims the undisputed titles, and then we get we finally get that fight. Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury. It's a still a possibility, guys. You know, Joshua's now got to rebound. He's got to come back. He's got to beat a good name. Whilst he's doing that, Fury Usyk get it on. Let's see where it takes us. This is the fascinating thing about this sport. There's still massive names out there. That's not the end of the career for Anthony Joshua. All the rubbish that people have been talking about. Oh, he must retire. He should retire if he loses this fight. Come on. No, he won't Get retire. He's never going to retire. Get a grip. Um, the, 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 there was a moment in the press conference last night when he got very emotional when I, when I wondered whether he was going to start saying I'm not sure anymore. But then he completely threw it the other way with I'm a warrior and I'm never going to lose that. Um, this is interesting. Um, Joshua 
is out of the picture now in terms of the undisputed title. We're talking about Alexander Usyk and Tyson Fury fighting each other. First undisputed champion it would be since Lennox Lewis in 1999. Um, does that fight take place at Wembley Stadium, which could clearly sell out? I think that's an £80 million fight at Wembley Stadium, something like that, with pay-per-view and, and the gate. Or do they come back to Saudi Arabia? Are we coming back here, back to the penthouse, back to the Sahara, to have another dust-up in the dunes? You spoke to Prince Khalid, didn't you, this week, as I did. They he love said, boxing. He said, mark my words and read between the lines. You're coming back for three more Absolutely. fights. Absolutely. Listen, trust me, money talks. They bid for this fight. You may as well keep your lovely little suite here on hold, Gareth, and wait to book the date because this is where we're going to be coming back. That's what December, I December, do you think? Or is that too soon? That's they've been talking about December all year, haven't they? People have been talking the World's about Cup December, Qatar, the, December the seventeenth is yeah. a Saturday night. The World Cup finals the next day, and and that date has been mentioned so many times by so many people. It's just such a quick turnaround for such a massive fight to get it done, to get it negotiated, to get it. But Carpe Diem at the moment, Ben and Christopher Eubank Jr. and Conor Ben has been made. There's a moment where... I think it's a realistic date. I really do. I think that that's the date that could happen. It wasn't a really physical fight for Alexander Usyk last night. He used a lot of mobility, a lot of movement. You know, there was some tough moments in there. But it wasn't one of those fights, those grueling fights where you go... Whoa, he needs six months off after that. That was something. It was just a tough boxing exhibition, but he didn't come out all smashed up or anything like that. So December's a reality, I really think Well, that. I do think, the, the speaking to a lot of people out here involved in the promotion of, of, of the, the fights coming here, um, this, these billions of pounds that they're putting into sport here, they do like the idea of staging it in that Qatar uh, World Cup period because the fans are out here naturally. It's going to generate more atmosphere. Um, Let's hope they do. Yeah, absolutely. We want to see it. We want Listen, to see it. I, I, would, I, I wouldn't mind coming back. I think I've had a lovely week here. I think the people have been brilliant. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a fantastic journey out here, guys. It really has. And um, I mean, me and you even come to loggerheads. I thought I was going to throw you in the pool at one point, but thankfully, well, luckily you survived that one. Andy, it's been brilliant with you as well, mate. Brilliant commentary as always. It's been fantastic. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.